Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Is the microphone on? I don't know where I am. Where am I? Where am I? I'm lost in space. This is not even about space. I wish it was about space. It's always about space. Is it always about space? I wish I knew like aeroscience. Oh. Wouldn't that be really crazy if that was like my specialty? That would be a little <laughs> insane. But I love that like those two astronauts that just went up are female. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Work. Well, people, welcome to the Beauty Archeo. Oh, hey, hi, hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm your host, Profess Noir, with... Mix Mundy. Mix Mundy. And we are broadcasting live from the Line Hotel on Full Service Radio here in Washington, D.C. Yeah. The glass enclosed nerve, nerve center. center. <laughs> the handsome men are just leaning up against the wall staring at you that you wave it's at. Just like pounding on the glass right now, trying to like get their way in. in. Little do they know that this door does not have a lock. And they um, <laughs> could, could really well, it does push. have a lock, but it's not on right now. And they could just push. And come in. You says, can come in, the gentlemen. Door. There's no one at the glass. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was like opening up my iPad. Oh, he back for you. Hi. Oh, okay. It's still here. Oh. <laughs> um, I was opening up my iPad just now for our show so that I can read our lovely notes on this beautiful glowing screen. And what is the first thing I see? Oh, my God. <laughs> this lovely headline. Jane Fonda and Ted Danson arrested while protesting in D.C., and it was like, no, but this was like, oh, this is what it said. Like, last week, Sam Watterson was arrested while protesting with actress. For the third week in a row, Jane Fonda was arrested with a group holding protests over climate change outside the U.S. Capitol building. Damn, first, Jane. I know. First of all, Jane Fonda, you get some serious street cred points for that. For real. You, Jane Fonda is somewhere in a D.C. jail right now. Bless her. Like, can we talk about this? Bless her. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Because, like, this article, like, just broke. Like, it popped up just now. So I'm pretty sure she's either still there or she just got out. But number one, Jane Fonda's in D.C. Number two, she's causing trouble and causing mischief in the the best way to help save the planet. (laughs) And number three, she's been arrested now for the third time in the row. And she's somewhere or was somewhere in a D.C. jail. That's wild. That is wild. She's Jane. like, she's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Fonda. I wonder, I know, is that her like jail name now? Fonda. 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 <laughs> Call me Fonda. That's and she so, was with Ted Danson. And she was with Ted Danson of all people. Well, you know, that's why they called me Ted in college. Okay. Number one, did not know they called you Ted in college. <laughs> that, why did they call you Ted in college? Ted as in Ted Dancing Machine. Ted Ted Dancing Machine. I can't make this shit up. That is a that is one for the Stoner Handbook. Number yeah, truly, one, because that is a stretch. Okay, <laughs> that is a Simone Biles. I did not make it up. Stretch. People just started calling me that shit. That is a stretch. Ted Dancing <laughs> Machine. Who the fuck made that up? <laughs> Where is this person so I can slap them? My friend Flock. Actually, we called her Flock. Uh, okay. As in flock of seagulls. 
Why that? Why flock of seagulls? Did she have birds around her all the time? Was she always um, feeding birds? Actually, she did really love birds. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was she like that bird lady in Mary Poppins? Or Put no, a bird on it? No, no, like not Mary Poppins, but no, um, in um, Home Alone too. Oh God! Yeah, was she bird lady. was she like that? Uh, not quite that hobo like, but we were in art school, so you know. Was she like close. sexy hobo with like tons of birds around her? Like she always had a bag of of like. Bird bread feed. of bird feed feed the birds or just like or just like parmesan croutons for birds <laughs> parmesan croutons she was like she That's made oddly specifically made parmesan <laughs> you know what popped in my head because the other we day we have gone off the rails because the other day no because the other day I hate grocery shopping people I just want y'all to let you know I hate gro- I love food I hate grocery shopping why because you go into the store there's too much shit everywhere it's just so just many want everything I just want everything just like in just like in a bag ready to go also the looks that I get in the grocery store I don't I really care about that because well, like I live in the middle of nowhere so it's it's pretty bad well I just yeah I don't care about that it's just more there's just so much stuff so I just I hate grocery stores so I went to the grocery store though because I have to go there to get food because that's where food comes from. Uh-huh. Um, and, <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to make a salad. And I was like, ooh, ooh. croutons. And I was so excited because I was like, I get the Asiago or the Parmesan. I was like, I'll fuck with the Parmesan. They were not Parmesan breaded croutons. They were just Parmesan dehydrated into like a hard crouton-like thing. Oh, those like cheese crackers? And they were so gross. Ugh. I was so upset. I'm not here it for ruined it. the salad. It was like worse than water chestnuts. You know oh. I hate water chestnuts. Oh. I don't fuck with water chestnuts. I draw crunchiness. I draw the line. They're fake food. I draw the line. Fake food. <laughs> I don't fuck with cheese at all. So yeah, you don't fuck with cheese. Nope. You really don't. We broke up long ago, and we're never getting back together. Well, I. That's really, that's very visceral. That's very serious. We broke up long ago. And we're never getting back together. And we're never getting back together. No, really, though. Goodbye to you, Cheese. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, dairy products. Goodbye, dairy products. I won't miss you. Oh my gosh! Well, this is, by the way, if people don't know, because I didn't announce it, this is the closet clean, because clearly that's how we're just gushing we're just about. about bullshit. We're just talking about <laughs> our feelings. It's in our head right now. I want to say that Monday you were dressed like a CW witch right now. Hey, you know what? I'm just living my best witchy life. Well, it goes into our theme for today because we are continuing our discussion on uh, witches and fashion and its influence on fashion and modern media. Yeah. And the CW is a wonderful channel. <laughs> It is. I stand Fine by the holiday program. I stand by the CW one because they always have the a very family. multiracial cast. That's true. And all their shows got to diversify. They always since the mid nineties, they've always had a very like diverse racial cast. Except for Dawson's Creek. Except for Dawson's Creek. Forget about that. They one. tried, but they didn't. <laughs> but I will say that they also have a very sexy cast because everyone is so gorgeous on yeah, the except CW. For Katie no, she still was looking cute in Dawson's Creek. She was still looking cute. It was the after the Tom Cruise years where she started looking weathered. And then the whole Jamie Foxx thing, I'm still confused about. I, That's so, such an odd relationship. I, I forgot started. it was happening until I saw a tabloid the other day. And I was like, that was a thing. Don't even get her started. Don't even get me started. No, but then... Which I also love about the CW is that it was the home of so many supernatural shows. True. Charmed. Charmed. Buffy. The tome, the, the religion that is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes. The late, great career of Sarah Michelle Gellar Aww. at her height, Moment at her peak. You know? And then also that spinoff, what was that, Angel or something? Angel? Loved yes. Angel. Yes. I met Gunn once in a, like, an airport. Oh. I know. He was so nice. He actually, his family, like, lives in D.C. 
cute. Like his mom. I was just like, oh my God, why are you here? Oh my God. Um, that, yeah, Angel, Supernatural. Oh, true. Supernatural, really great show. The yeah. tall brother with the long hair, he has a sickening body. Mm, true. And the other one that's supposed to be like the hot brother, he's gay in real life, <laughs> which is great. Of course he fucking Apparently is. he's like super cool too. <laughs> but the tall one is not super cool. But I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah, I stand by the Straight CW. Off. But right now, Mundy is dressed in a cropped, hooded scarf well top. So it has these two long pieces that i can put around my neck as a scarf if i want yes and then it also one thing i love is that it has just like rings everywhere that i can attach chains to yes. or my whip or my tail or whatever or I'm just charms just charms just and things charms. just charms that day just potion bags and i love a long sleeve with thumb holes a lo- long sleeve with thumb holes looking amazing yeah. gigantic hood giving super pointy giving full cw secret circle witch yeah <laughs> and you know it's witchy if it has a crescent moon on it, it. does and it has a crescent moon label i'm yes. really into it it's i'm really a into called it inked i'm into them I'm also dressed like a witch, but definitely more of Coven from American Horror Story. So, yeah. I'm definitely more femme. Definitely more femme. Um, before we take a break, though, I have some really big news. Yeah. Um, super big. You were there for it. Yeah. Super big. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I have for, I don't think I've really like gone into like my full background, but I grew up in D.C. I've been a professional singer, dancer, and actor all of my life since I was four years old. Um, and I've done shows at the Kennedy Center for years growing up, and I've performed in nightlife. I still do um, museums, and I've been, you know, in different places around the world and been very blessed to do so. And I've worked very hard in my career. And um, being a performer or an artist is not an easy thing because you don't have, like, a playbook or, like, stuff written down on how you're supposed to do stuff. That's the truth. So you really have to create your work um, Mm -hmm. if you plan to work. And I have not done any of this with, like, a manager or an agent. Right. Yeah. We're both in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I will say that many things have paid off where I've had wonderful opportunities. This summer, I hosted the Hershorn Ball, which is fabulous. It was dope. And hopefully next year I'll be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But this year I was invited, along with one of my dear friends and 20 other people, to take part in the Cultural Caucus at The Reach, which is the Kennedy Center's new um, building and space for performing arts, visual arts, um, and such. And I'm very excited. And this is a two-year residency. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, this is my dream come true. I know. It really, really is. Money was there for my, like, conference call, sitting very quietly and screaming. Um, <laughs> yep, and I will be there with you every step of the way. Every step of the way. some cool shit. Um, and so, yes, I just wanted to share that with everyone. I'm super pumped. Congratulations! Thank you. Ooh, oh, there's a horn. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to really create some cool stuff. We're going to create some cool work. So for the next two years, you guys, you're going to see really fun cultural engagement coming out of the reach um, by not just me, but many, many other talented um, people in this city who are coming from many different backgrounds, not just the arts. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. And on that, we're going to take a little break and we'll be back with more witch fashion. <laughs> The Crackles you're listening to during the break is by artist Keto. If you're tuned in, this is Full Service Radio. We'll be right back. Hola, a mulherada gosta. 
rap music. Rap music. Rap I don't rap, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is the Beauty Archeo, your fashion history comedy podcast, broadcasting live on full service radio from the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. I am your host, Professor Noir, with Mix Mundy. From my right hand side, there's a very hot dude Where? with a beautifully fitted t- white t shirt and a nice, like, I would say, like, French undercut on a computer, just typing his little buff arms away on my right-hand side over here. We're looking at him from the glass enclosed nerve center. He is tan. He looks delicious. Oh, you know what? He's Miss United here. States. I saw him walking here earlier, and I he has the, he has that wonderful fashion where it's like hobo or hipster. Mm. Where know? it's like he's so hot, all he has to do is just wear a t-shirt and jeans and some uh-huh. white shoes and a beat-up jacket, and just make sure the make sure the shit's clean or not. I, he he looks like he clean though. He mm. looks like okay from here. He looks clean. <laughs> we are really reading this person. Reading now. This man from I hope home. he's not listening to this show, being like um. Um, Are they talking about, about me? me? I think I need to go. <laughs> but like, is he clean? Is he clean? I don't think so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, speaking of fashion, we are back talking more. This is part two of our Halloween like kind of series where we are talking about the supernatural world and what it really is. You know, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it smells like, the sensory experience of the supernatural world and where it is today. Yes. Um, the history, its influence on media, on culture, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. The whole shebang. I don't know what that sound was. <laughs> that was so... <laughs> don't ever let me do that again, okay, yeah, never, don't, Please Have my don't, back. Don't do that again. You didn't have my back just now. <laughs> I, it took me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a, a what? I know. Oh. I'm so sorry, everyone. Oh, <laughs> so welcome back to High Heels and Broomsticks. So yesterday, so last week we discussed how, like the witch, what witches are, who they are, what witchcraft, what Wicca is, the kind of rise of that and the roots of that. Um, just to recap, Wicca is the modern practice of old folk traditions from mostly the British Isles, from Anglo-Saxon cultures, from Pitt cultures. Um, and even um, Roman polytheistic religions. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of an umbrella term, though, because... And it's an umbrella. That's what I was going to get to. And it's yeah. an umbrella term for the practice of a polytheistic slash animistic belief system. Even more so, that term is also a pagan thing. So yeah. pagan is also used in that as well. Um, nowadays, what we see for the most part is the Gardnerian form of Wicca, which is found about, about founded by Gerald Gardner in the early 20th century from England, um, grew up a wealthy, actually a really great show called Cults by this um, um, podcast, com- this podcast station or people group podcast. Um, they have an episode, two, a pretty bar episode on Gerald Gardner uh-huh. and the uh, New Forest Coven. And it's really good. I'm very proud of that episode because they really talk about the belief system and like his roots and where he got things from, um, what other beliefs were happening at the same time and how it kind of mishmashed into what we see nowadays. So Gerald Gardner was a man who um, grew up very wealthy. He grew up very far away from his family because he was actually very sick as a child and a very asthmatic child. So he grew up in other climates and warmer climates. And he always, as a child on his own, he had a fascination with 
finding out new information, otherworldly things later in life. So he was very interested in supernatural practices, quote unquote, in other cultures, or really just other cultures' religious practices. Um, and then got more into like folk magic and ceremonial magic. Mm-hmm. From there, he combined a lot of what he learned with, you know, old folk magic from what he was learning at these different covens, the Dark Forest Coven in England, which is an old coven that was still practicing like old English folk magic. Like yeah. they're one of the only well-known ones still doing it. Because at that time, this is like the early 30s and 20s, like it was still outlawed to practice witchcraft in the UK. Right. Like it was still in the books and it, and it was enforced. It wasn't uh-huh. just like some obscure rule. Right. Um, so he combined a lot of different practices to create what we now have as modern day Wicca. So people, for the most part, practice that. And what you see in the media and a lot portrayed a lot of times is this Gardnerian form of Wicca. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you making that tight face? Um, I guess the distinction between paganism and Wicca is like something that a lot of people don't think about, talk about. Well, let's break it down again. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I guess. And I was just thinking that that typeface was me thinking about like, well, what, you know, how do you even explain <laughs> I was like, why are you making such a typeface? <laughs> he knows my face so well. Yeah, We've known each other like, for so long. So I make long. the smallest micro expression. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, say it into the microphone. But I don't know. I guess paganism is more just the continuation of the old ways and then Wiccanism is more kind of what this guy kind of accumulated and exactly took on. Exactly. I I hope my explanation was helping to explain that, but that is like the, the wrap up of that Yeah. to like for people to understand is that paganism is an umbrella term for dare I say, and correct me if I'm wrong, polytheistic slash animistic old practices. Yeah. Wicca is the modern day accumulation of these practices into a certain style of practice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And so in the, in the 20th century, by the 60s, we see that form, what we have Wicca, mm-hmm. take on mm-hmm. in America very heavily. So you're seeing like, you know, this whole idea of worshiping nature about very maternal lineages mm-hmm. in terms of the religion. Yeah. Um, in the old practices, from my research, I don't know about yours, but you had both patrilineal and, mater- and, mat- and matrilineal mm-hmm. lineage, like, within the religions. They were in the different, like, ways of practicing paganism. Yeah. You know, so, <clears throat> but now, what we see nowadays, it's more, like, matrilineal. It's, like, all about the goddess, mm-hmm. you know, and then the people below her. So it's the goddess and then the father god that goes under her and then everyone else that's below them. But the goddess is always front and center. Totally. Um, you also have the use of, you have the use now of, like, a lot of different symbols that, you know, are, it's in, in a weird way, they're ancient symbols that were used for the same things, but with the Gardnerian form, you know, he was combining a lot of things together. So the symbol of the goddess, which is the two crescent moons and the full moon in the middle, that is something that was seen for many, many, for many, many centuries before right. for the same use of representing a moon goddess or a lunar goddess. However, right. with Gerald Gardner, you know, he, extend, he extends the definitions and the uses of these different symbols as well. 
And of course, the goddess is representing Mother Earth, which but, is, is and you know, the, the ultimate return to the old ways and your connection with the Earth. And the sky, obviously, is in there, too. Yeah. And it's so interesting, too. So, like, nowadays, which I'm going to go back to, and I'm going to allude to what you had at the mountain recently, mm. that, that burn that you had. Yes. It's very similar. Yeah. It's ve- like this, the culture of Wicca, I think, has taken off more than just the religion. That I Mm -hmm. find really interesting. Mm -hmm. The belief system in treating the earth as a living, breathing vessel that you must take care of. Absolutely. You know, and communing with the earth and like leaving technology. Because that's another thing is like people a lot of the times they equate these things to magic. But what we now have technology to take care of, we had other belief systems before that did that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I was just watching like, I don't know, it was at Google. They have this new pad this new like tv pad that you can watch tv and shit on and like Uh music and all you have to do is just like wave your hand in front of it and it pauses right and then wave your hand back in front of it and then it goes again yeah and i was like well that's just telekinesis now you know what i mean like (laughs) but you know like i mean like i'm not saying that these things were and were not real or are and are not real because that's up to your own experiences to make to make certain of but you know i think about what Wicca and a lot of pagan practices teach, and we do get bogged down by modern technology, and and it takes away from that communication. So especially in this kind of religion, this kind of belief system, there's so much that is taken away because of technology and because of the way society runs now. Right. Well, technology interrupts the frequencies. It interrupts the frequencies. Makes it harder to listen. And so I think that's why what we have now, things like burns, like small burns. And burns are, you know, like groups of people getting together, communing with nature, building communities within nature that are sustainable for short to medium periods of time. Mm -hmm. And it's all very fire-based. Very fire-based. There's always the burning of the temple, which everyone builds together, and they build that the first night. And then the second night, it's the burning of the... No, excuse me. The first night, it's the burning of the effigy. Yes. Which is what everyone puts their energy into. And then the second night... And that's very celebratory. Lots of drums, lots of dancing. Yes. This time, they even had fireworks, which were, like, wild. Yes. I rode a giant unicorn as I watched, (laughs) literally, uh, as I watched the fireworks. And then the second night is the burning of the temple, which is more contemplative and chill and just more about, like, reflection and stuff. And so when you have these kind of communities Mm -hmm. being built in nature, is this not indicative of old pagan practices? Absolutely. And everyone's living outside. Everyone's camping. Um, self-reliance is one of the main mottos so everyone is you know working with the earth living off the earth and it's so funny so like i said before doing no harm yes that's that's the most important thing do no harm and that's the thing i think is so interesting is that you know in wicca it's more of a set religion so you do have times that you you know worship one god or worship the other or you call on a deity or you call on a spirit mm. um you also have different days in which you practice certain things for the different heights and power um and that's all well and good but because i think that you know our generation especially is so against organized religion <laughs> we're finding ourselves into a system of organization that still leaves us open to be expressive individually Absolutely. And I think that's, and that to me is one of the best 
takeaways from paganism in this day and age Mm -hmm. is that because of the individuality of paganism, which is something that historically, one of the reasons why paganism was so demonized, especially during like the transition of the Roman Republic into a Christian empire, the, you know, the de-paganizing of, you know, the, the British Isles and like different com- in different you know tribal communities in Europe and in Africa mm-hmm. and in South America was because people a lot people who got onto the Christian bandwagon of a monotheistic God yeah. it was more about it like separate I want to say this separate for people who are you know Christian people separate out the religious belief and throw into their what that political impact has. Mm. Politically, because religion was politics, politically, exactly. you're now getting people onto one thought pattern. Mm-hmm. You are now putting the society onto one line, and that is the best way to control a very fragmented society. Yes. Because, therefore, if not, you have people with their different religions that are defying their identities. Mm-hmm. And they're screaming their identities in a way that can be harmful, that causes conflict. And so, you know... At one point, you, especially in the Roman Empire, at one point they said, you know, we're going to start accepting, we're going to still recognize Roman paganism as the dominant religion, but we're going to accept other belief systems so that we can work together. Right. But at another point later, you have where it's just like, well, we can't work together. This is too much. Uh-huh. We're doing too much. You're doing too much. Everybody wants to be the head bitch in charge, and no <laughs> one can decide on who it's going to be. Right. So... We as the larger society, we as the larger population, we are going to now suppress the others and they're going to have to get onto our bandwagon. And one of the ways they did that, I mentioned this before and some of my other shows, is that they did it through the women. So like I said before, paganism back then, you had both patrilineal and matrilineal. Mm -hmm. To take away the matrilineal, you gave women a role in the church. Yeah. And so, and the church, what the church did is that it put everyone equal. So that poor people, rich people, everyone was equal. Everyone was serving God Mm. at the same time, the same way. Again, that is a way to control society. Exactly. To even control the aristocracy, Mm -hmm. which is one of the main things as an emperor you're going to be terrified of (laughs) because they're they're your bread and butter. Right. They can easily turn on you. (laughs) And with the people that were practicing the old ways, you don't have that control because everyone's relationship to how they you know, celebrate the earth is different. But then I, but see, and then I go back into now and we are at a time where the individual is like the thing people are talking about. How do I establish my identity? Mm -hmm. My identity, me, me, me. Mm. In a way, yes, that can be, it's very narcissistic and we have a very narcissistic culture developing. However, on the backhand of that, you do have people then going to spiritual paths that allow them to find their identity in that they find that they are part of a larger community. Yes. And so that's why I want to talk about, that's why I brought up the Burns because I think that's one of the great things about those kinds of gatherings is that Burns, fairy gatherings, you know what I mean? The radical fairies, big group, big queer group. Yeah. They truly build that sense of community, especially once you've gone through something like that all together. If I'm not mistaken, the fairies were before the burners. I don't know. Yeah. I think the fairies, the radical fairies started in the sixties. The burners, I think, started in the late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I can imagine. I would imagine that you did have an inspiration happening. Absolutely, you know, like people from radical fairies going into the 
the what the radical fairies more east coast people going into the west coast and creating the burns but it's the same kind of community absolutely same kind of community so it's beautiful truly truly um so one of the things so the next thing i wanted to talk about especially in this world of pagan life and magic and the supernatural was the world of voodoo Voodoo. Voodoo. Voodoo, um, spelled <clears throat> V-O-U-D-U-N. It's spelled many different ways. That's one of the ways. Um, also spelled V-O-O-D-O-O, voodoo, mm-hmm. which a lot of people know it as. Um, that hoodoo, voodoo. That hoodoo do that you do do. Do what? I think I just said that, and I did not mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a little definition. So voodoo is what peop- is what was defined as a syncretic religion that combines Roman Catholicism and native African religions, particularly religion of the Dahomey re- region of West Africa, which is modern day the modern day nation of Benin. Um, I'm going to break that down a little bit. So, so girl, you are so far away from the microphone. I have to lean back for a <laughs> that is one lean thing. Back. That is one thing that's a problem with this glass enclosed oh. nerve center here is that you get so comfortable. So quickly. I just had to lean for a minute. I know. We have to change out your chair. We're going to have to get you the comfy chair next time. Yeah. How come you get the comfy chair? I don't know. Because I just started sitting in the comfy chair. I can't believe I never realized that. But <laughs> you got this big, squishy-ass, comfy chair. And I'm in the little wooden one that yeah. my butt barely fits on. I know. Yeah. I'm you... always like one cheek off. Well, No. That's because you're not sitting on the chair, Monday. Well, if I sat like this, then I'd be knocking my knees on the table. Well, move back. But then I'm too far away from the mic. Well, you got to bring the mic to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, Problems. people. Problems. We're having too many technical difficulties. Money does, does not know how to sit in a chair. I mean, that's real. It's a thing here <laughs> on the show, on PDRKO, your fashion history comedy podcast. Um, so, going back to Vadoon, um, yes, it is a another mishmash of practices. So, slaves in Africa... Excuse me. Whoa. Africans that were enslaved, pardon me, mm-hmm. Africans that were sold into slavery came from, I'm breaking this down, super generalized people. If you want me to go into a full slavery description, that is a whole other show yes. and a lot of boxes of tissues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so Africans that were sold into slavery, you must remember, it wasn't necessarily a thing of region or tribe, or nation that made a difference. It was about labor and getting African free, cheap labor into colonies. So a lot, so Africans came, who were sold into slavery, came from many different tribes and many different cultures, in which a lot of them practice ancestral religions. And with that, different traditions that varied, but were some, somewhat were probably similar. Mm-hmm. These Africans were shipped to places like Haiti, to Jamaica, you know, all over the West Indies. Combine that with native practices from the native people who were enslaved in yes. Haiti and West A- in, uh, in the West Indies. That also develops a whole other sense of practice. Mm-hmm. But there's something very similar that's going on. You know, you had a sense of dance and celebration and a communing with spirits on a very visceral level, on a very immersive level, as opposed to what um, Christian colonists were seeing from Europe, where they had very subdued practices. Again, it's a different way of controlling your community. Mm -hmm. 
a different way of in uh of talking and communicating with your community. You know, in England or in not even just in England, but in Europe, a lot of these colonial powers had empires and had kingdoms where you really had to control the people because you had small principalities and groups and factions here. Mm-hmm. So getting people under one religious banner helps control the people so that when they are gone, when they are exploring the other and they're going into the other places, quote unquote, mm-hmm. they're under one singular banner. They're not just saying we are only this and we are only that. We are all of the Catholic church of the Catholic faith. So with that, you have these slaves that are now bringing over their own traditions and trying to hold on to what left they have left of their identity. And again, that's when religion comes into play is a very intense belief system that helps define your identity, Mm -hmm. not for everybody, but for a lot of people, for people who are not religious on, who are listening to this show. I just want to acknowledge that it's not for everyone, but it does help define your identity in some way for a lot of people. So you had that being trying to hold on to, you had the exposure of other traditional native practices happening as well that these slaves were being exposed to. And then you had the, yes, he is damn fine. Really hot guy. Just class crossed by the glass and closed nerve center. And you know Um, who he's talking to, right? Who? That's my homie Abdul. He owns Velvet Lounge. Oh, girl, we could ask Abdul what his name is. Um, And then after that, because I'm on my, I'm on my slave kick. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then after that, you have the forced Christianization of slaves. Mm-hmm. So when you have religions and practices coming from all different angles at you as a weapon or as a defense, right. your belief system flourishes into something that we now know as, as voodoo. And it is, a, again, a combination of West African traditions, for the most part, um, Native West Indian traditions, or yeah, Native West Indian tribal traditions, and Catholicism and Christianity. Right. Um, voodoo really... Um, voodoo has always had a lot of misconceptions. Excuse me. Voodoo has always had a lot of misconceptions about what it is and like how it's practiced and who practices it. Um, one of the first misconceptions actually be, can be contributed to 1781 at Bois Camen. Um, which was in Haiti, where a settler was said to have seen slaves dancing and beating drums and said that they were trying to call spirits, when actually they were probably just doing a celebration yeah. of something. Right. It probably was one of the religious practices. We were probably just celebrating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, you know, not, not everything's about religion, serious. girl. Sometimes you were just hanging the fuck out. It doesn't have to be that serious. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's but it was in these times, though, so you have... The Americas forming. I'm like doing these big arms right you now, really stirring yeah. the cauldron. Doing a little dance. You ha- I, when, this is how I think about it. You have America forming. Mm-hmm. Um, the rules and regulations of slavery are defined yet are still being expanded upon. Because you still had people, you had free people of color. You had a whole society of free people of color developing. A very wealthy free people of color developing who either came out of a product of slavery or, you know, benefit from slavery in some way. Mm. And so you had, like, the Tinian laws, for instance. When I did that hair show, you had the Tinian laws on, right. like, women, free women of color where they had to wrap their hair up in public because they were being seen as being just as beautiful as white women, and they couldn't have that shit. The colonists were just like, no, nah, girl, that's all kinds of fucked up. We did not <laughs> sign up for that shit. And then the Naomi Campbells were just like, well, I'm sorry, but I was born this way. You can thank your dad. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You can thank Pierre, bitch. Um <laughs> 
And so, but it's the same thing that happened with religion as well. You know, like, you had, I'm pretty sure you had, you know, a huge crop of, of slaves coming over and feeling the need to practice their religion and doing so, and masters being terrified and trying to suppress it, but you didn't have regulations fully. And then it was in the 1700s, if not mistaken, you start to really see those regulations really being enforced on what can and cannot be practiced. Uh. And it came into things like, it even came down to like slaves having labor strikes too mm. and fucking freaking out and killing people and killing their like masters and their, ensla- their enslavers yeah. because they could not practice. And so that's how you see the laws over time get more and more strict. Mm-hmm. And basically that's when we, they start calling ancestral African practices this a sense uh, a kind of voodoo or witchcraft right so it was just seen as witchcraft witchcraft is illegal fuck all that shit y'all can't practice no more you can't be dancing drumming and all the other shit but you know 